Siri owns 46% of the mobile voice assistant market. While we've been focusing on the voice device market, which Alexa is currently leading, Business Insider noted that mobile devices, which are what people interact with mostly on the daily basis, Siri is leading that race in voice assistants. Google Assistant is second with 28%, and Alexa, who is leading the voice device market, is third place with only 13.2% of all mobile voice assistant market. Scott, welcome to the show. How are you, Patrick? I'm doing great. I'm actually curious, what was it about this article that caught your eye? Um, what caught my eye was the fact that you know, Siri doesn't get much play and gets a lot of ridicule in, in, in the home device market. And I use Siri on my phone and having grown up uh, not too far from Cupertino, well before Steve Jobs started Apple with Wozniak, um, I've used Apple uh, devices going back to 1980. And, you know, I'm, I'm connected on Apple with everything from a phone to a MacBook to a um, iPad to Air, Airbuds, um, the whole nine yards. And, um, you know, my wife's got the, the watch. I don't have a wearable yet, but Christmas is coming. And I read mm-hmm. that and I, and I you know, I, I, I got Google Home. We picked that up a couple of years ago just for fun to see how it was, see what it was like. And I don't find it that compatible with all the other stuff that I use. And every time I've got a device, a Mac or whatever, everything just clicks. Everything just works. And when I saw that Siri's got 45% of the market and you and I have chatted before, and I know that there's a, um, there's a culture that likes anything but Apple. And then there's a culture like me that likes Apple. So I just see that I, I, I was dumbfounded at the difference because everything's Alexa, Alexa, Alexa on TV, on the radio, everybody, you know, the Amazon's done a great job of marketing Alexa and we've got Google home and Google's ubiquitous um, as it is. But I was surprised that Siri had such a large share of uh, voice assist as far as mobile goes. And it makes a lot of sense. So you've seen the the Apple ecosystem and how everything works together. It's connected. And now Siri is, they've released the HomePod as a way with all of that Apple ecosystem using your voice. What are some of the ways that you've used Siri as a voice assistant over the years? Um, I've used it everything from um, getting information um, sometimes uh, uh, looking stuff up uh, while I'm sitting at the computer, sometimes while I'm in the car, sometimes while I'm just someplace else with my phone. I could be out and about, um, you know, at a, at a soccer game or, you know, wherever it may be. And I'm, I'm searching for information and boom, just click it, hit, hit the button, boom, Siri, look this up, find it out for me, and then I'm done. And have you found that to be successful or does she typically reply with, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know that? Um, that happens, but I think it happens just as much with Google Home. I can't do that right now or I can't, you know, there's a lot of, lot of uh, things that, that I think that uh, Apple, and, and Pat, you know, I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not the techie guy. I'm not the one that's got 
my lights hooked up to it and my refrigerator and the garage door, you know, I don't even have a garage door. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, um, you know, the Google home gives me just as much grief as Siri does sometimes, you know, you, you ask a question and uh, of uh, Google home and the Google home is happy to read the entire Google Wikipedia entry for you. Right. And it's not all the stuff you want to hear. You just want a quick answer and you get the whole nine yards. So, yeah, I think I there, seen there's a there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of room for improvement for both of them. I've found this subgroup of users recently who I've been because I've been big on voice. I've been trying to get a lot of diverse opinions. And I found that there have been people such as yourself who have been using Siri for 10 years. Like it came out in 2011. So they've been using it since then. And with Alexa coming out and Google Assistant coming out, their thought is, this is old news. Siri's been doing this stuff. I've been using Siri to look stuff up, add events to my calendar, to text people. They've been using Siri forever. And Alexa and Google Assistant, they don't see much of a benefit from exactly like you're saying, because Siri not only gives them those abilities, but it's connected with the Apple ecosystem that they're already plugged into. So now I'm curious about your experiences with the Google Assistant. You said you got that last year. What's, have you used that for anything or what, what's been your interaction with that device? Well, it, actually, I think we got it a year ago, Christmas, right? So that'd be almost two years. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it's fine. I, 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 don't, I don't use it that often, to be honest with you. Um, and I can tell you, I, I think that what it gets used for most of the time is putting on a timer. Um, um, which is, you know, very remedial, but, um, you know, I think it, 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 you know, you ask it a question, you're having a conversation and say, Hey, Google, what do you uh, tell me about X, Y, Z? Um, I don't sit there and I'm not hooked up. Like I said, I'm not hooked up on the refrigerator and the garage door and the light. So I don't, I don't, I honestly don't even have it hooked up on the TV. And you said you started using Apple devices back when you were living in California. Yeah. First Apple device I think I ever worked on was the Apple IIe, and that was back in like 1979, 1980. Like I said, I grew up out there, so we saw Apple all the time, you know, even though it was was a small company back then or smaller. So you've gotten to see the growth of Apple starting off when you first used one of their very first computers, and now you have their HomePods, well, you have their AirBuds, and you have the iPhone, and you have Mac products you've been saying you've bought into the ecosystem. What is it that you like about the Apple ecosystem that makes you loyal to them? It's, it's simple. I don't really need to do anything. The, the machines all work together. Um, you know, I'm talking to you right now on, on, on my, uh, on my earbuds and I got my phone, you know, within a couple of feet, but um, it works between going to my MacBook to my uh, iPad, to the phone, with the earbuds, with the watch, everything, you know, everything syncs. I don't have to do anything. Um, you bring- it's, it's, easy, it's easy for a non-technical person to use. You bring up a great point, and that's that at the end of the day, I am a techie and I enjoy the technology, but 90% of humanity doesn't want to be more involved with technology. They have a job that they want done. Technology helps them with that. Like technology is not the end game. Technology is a tool helping them get there. And you've said Apple is a product that helps me accomplish those goals without having to figure out all the tech parts, which 
I think a lot of people find the benefits there. Absolutely. So Siri, I, th- I think Siri is going to be really helpful with having that separation some more. So that is rather than having to figure out Apple is intuitive, but question or you brought up a little bit earlier, you don't own the Apple watch yet, but Christmas time's coming up. Do you think uh, this Christmas time you'll be considering the Apple home pod or I honestly, I don't know what Santa's going to bring. I can only sit in his lap when I go to the department store and tell him it would be, it would be great. I mean, that's, you know, I, I think it's um, the wearables Apple's, you know, coming up with as far as the earbuds and the, uh, and, and the watch and whatever else is coming makes a lot of sense. I mean, I can see the phone made everything, you know, being wireless and, and then having all the, the data that the phones become ubiquitous where the watch used to be. You know, you used to walk out of your house. You had to, you had your, uh, you had your wallet, your keys, and your watch. Now you got to have your phone. The last thing I wanted to talk with you about is insurance with voice. Insurance is a field that everybody has a need for. We all need car insurance. We all need life insurance, but is typically difficult for people to sell and interact with. I feel like recently I have seen companies like Lemonade that are trying to make it really easy for younger audiences to get insurance quotes fast and to get signed up for insurance fast. And it makes me think, is there any potential for voice to help insurance companies run their day-to-day business? Do you have any thoughts? Sure. There's a lot of stuff that goes into creating an insurance policy. If the there's so much information, that's one of the reasons why brokers make a living at it because the brokers understand all the information and they distill that information for the end consumer. And the end consumer could be uh, a business owner. The end consumer could be an individual that's looking to cover their home and auto and all that. But uh, on the business side of things, there's so much, uh, there's so many types of coverages that a business needs, whether it be liability coverage or whether it's employer practices liability or professional liability beyond property, commercial vehicles, all that kind of stuff. If they made that, if the carriers made it easier for that information to be distilled directly to the consumer, voice assist could certainly get involved there. Um, I'm imagining, hey, Alexa, or hey, Google, help me get a quote on a term life insurance policy or hey, Google, what kind of insurance policy should I get for protecting my bicycle? And then I, I'm thinking maybe an application responds, hey, let's get you started off with a quote. I'd like to ask you a couple details if you don't mind. Do you think that Google can ask the kind of questions that would distill down to a, a good amount of knowledge for what a consumer risk is? Or does it really take the accuracy of a broker, of someone who has that expertise in the human qualities? to be able to, to really land that and make that an efficient process? Well, there's two things that work there. One is it, are you saying, you know, what, what's the best insurance for my bike? Could, doesn't, need, doesn't need to be a brand name. It, you could, Google might come back and say, well, you need to have a property, you know, a property writer on your, on your homeowner's insurance, right? Which is very generic. I think when you're going to get into recommending a certain carrier or a certain policy, um, the brokers are licensed by each state. 
and they have to take examinations and they've got to be uh, they pay licensing fees to the state de the departments of insurance. So now all of a sudden is Google going to be a broker and is, you know, is Amazon going to be an insurance broker? Then they got to get licensed and everything else. I'm not saying they can't do that, but um, that would be one hurdle to leap. And it's not a, it's not an insurmountable hurdle, but um, I, there's no reason why they couldn't do that when, you know, I, I don't, I would see that forthcoming. I don't think that's, I don't think that's uh uh, I don't. I think it's a great possibility that something like that happens. Well, so just like Apple has the iPhone, and then there are millions of developers who build apps for the iPhone, and with Android, there's the Play Store that any developer can publish an app on. That Alexa and Google have the same platform, so that for the voice assistants, I can create an app, and then any customer can access that app just by saying, "Okay, Google, talk to my app," or "Okay, Google, talk to Nationwide Insurance." Could you see? A, bro a brokerage, maybe small or large, going and building an app like that, rather than Google having this be a certified broker, having a broker who's already certified, putting their service on the voice interface to help augment the business they're already getting. There's two things. I, I, you know, I, I had a professor in college that said, you got to ask two questions. Is it viable and will it work? So is it viable to do that? Yeah. Will it work? I don't know. I don't know that uh, just, and I'm thinking of this, if I sold, if you asked a bunch of questions and, and the voice assist came back, whether it's Siri or Google or Alexa or whoever, and they came back and they sold an incorrect policy to an individual, that individual is going to go run straight to the insurance department and say, you know, I, I paid all this money and, and got the wrong thing. And how is the how is the brokerage firm going to know that that's the right thing or the wrong thing if if the voice assistant's filling thousands and thousands of orders? You know what I mean. So there, there, I'm sure there's kinks that can get worked out, but um, you know it'd be interesting to see. I think it's, I think it's totally doable. I just don't know if it'll work. At least you know right now. I, I agree. Like with the conversation around artificial intelligence replacing jobs, it's like. There are a lot of things that we could have artificial intelligence do, but then there's, is it, is it going to work? Will customers want to interact with a robot over a human in this situation? Is it cost effective for a robot to interact with a human in this situation? There's a lot of, yes, there are a lot of things technology can do, but do we as humans want that interaction to happen? So I'm, I'm really curious to hear, I'm sold on voice. I think it's inevitable and I think it's going to impact every industry, but I've realized that a lot of people don't feel that way. So I'm always curious to hear where people see the pitfalls coming, what they, what they think the technology is lacking. What do you think that voice is missing or what do you think the problem, the big pain points are that's, that's preventing massive consumer adoption? Well, the, the same prop I spoke about a minute ago said that uh, change is like, uh, change is like uh, uh, feeding a baby. It's got to be slow enough to see and fast enough to assimilate, right? If the baby, if the baby doesn't get enough, get enough milk, gets too much air, it burps everything up. So it doesn't matter, right? So the change, it can't be so fast that people can't see it. But it's got to be fast enough that it makes sense. So I think, I think this is just going to take its pace. Um, you know, I mean, look, look, at what, uh, look at what Skype and FaceTime and everything else uh, has done to what used to be telephone conversations, right? 
And you can go back to the 1960s when the Jetsons were on primetime TV and they did the, they did FaceTime and Skype in the, in the cartoon. So it's taken 50 years for that to come, you know, to be, to be ubiquitous and, and be normal. And you talk to somebody over Skype and you see their face and you see them over thousands and thousands of miles. Back then that was in a cartoon and it was science fiction. So, you know, quote unquote. And today it's, it's normal. So I think that voice will over time um, become just as widely accepted as, as, uh, as human interaction. So I, I, I see it coming. It's just a matter of time. Change happens in a matter of time. Scott, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Patrick. Nice to be with you. My pleasure.